The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Steve Alexander. This is the Roundball Stew podcast on Thursday, November 11th. And joined, as always, by Roth. Roth, we might have um, an issue today. The, the pest control guy is coming over here at some point, and I'm busy. I'm the only one home. The dog is going to freak out. I'm kind of hoping it happens right in the middle of this. It would be kind of fitting, given our past escapades with the landscaping crew here on Friday mornings. So it would be interesting. Before we dive into a recap of a incredibly busy 13-game night, Ralph, yeah. I think that we could turn this into like a, a three-hour pod if we wanted to, because there's so many things that happened last night. But before we get into that, I threw this up on Twitter, but I figured I'd mention it here, too. If you're listening to this on Thursday... The Clippers have three games left this week. They play Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Knicks, the Magic, and the Mavericks all only have one game left for this week. So if you've got a guy like Jalen Brunson and you can drop him to get Terrence Mann or Eric Bledsoe or even Luke Kennard, somebody like that, it probably it might make sense if you're in a tight battle and you need a, a games played advantage over your opponent. Yeah, it's a really good point. I just think... And you mentioned the Knicks, like, who do you know? How do you know who to drop on that team? It's been kind of a disaster. Like, the bench has been playing like starters while the starters have been playing like journeymen. So, yeah, that's a good point in terms of the scheduling. And, and I think it's always a key. You know, you know, I don't know if I really think about it too much when I'm drafting my teams, but throughout the course of the season, schedules really do play a big factor in how you set up your teams. Yeah, and it's it's a big deal this week. If you're in a in a super tight game, I'm in it like three or four, and one mm-hmm. of them's with you, Roth. Pretty yeah. pretty close games. If you just randomly don't look at the schedule and drop, say you accidentally drop Luke Kennard, who plays three games, and you pick up Jalen Brunson, you know mm-hmm. the reverse of what I'm telling you to do. Then you know you just lost lost two games and may not even know it. So anyway, that's something to think about today. Let's get into what happened Wednesday night, man. It was crazy. Let's start with some of the wings. I think that's where a lot of the action was. And again, we don't have time to talk about everybody today, but we'll we'll hit the big ones. Anthony Edwards out of the University of Georgia busted loose for a career-high 48 points. He had four rebounds, five assists, two steals, seven three-pointers. It's 16 to 27 shots. Even after that big performance, Roth, he's he's a third round fantasy value. I kind of thought he might be a little higher than that mm-hmm. um, after that that game. But man, I went all in on him this year, and I feel really good about it. He looks he looks like he's really turned the corner and figured it out. Yeah, you should. Uh, I think the efficiency at times is an issue, but that's something you expect with a second year player. They're not going to be the most efficient of basketball players when they're at this stage in their careers, but his ability to score on all levels, he can do some playmaking as well. 
he was highly impressive last night. And, you know, to become the third youngest player in league history to score like 40 points or more in a game behind Brandon Jennings and LeBron James, that's a pretty good list to be on, you know? So I think he's only headed headed higher up on, on the, uh, the stratosphere, I guess you would say, because what a performance from him. Just wasn't enough to win. Yeah, and I feel like we were all worried about his shooting and turnovers when he came into the yeah. league, but I don't worry about that anymore. I just plug him in and, and let it rip because he's only going to get better. It's, yeah. it's scary. All right, let's talk about your favorite player, Roth, Kelly Oubre. You didn't laugh. You were supposed to yeah, laugh. Yeah, hey, hey, man. He... <laughs> Kelly Oubre had a season high of 37 points, hit 13 of 17 shots for your Charlotte Hornets. Another guy who hit seven three-pointers. I feel like mm-hmm. everybody hit seven three-pointers last night. That seemed to be the <laughs> – I think Lonzo Ball hit seven Magic three-pointers. Numbers. Yeah. Kelly Oubre also had two steals. Now, after his 37-point performance, which costs a lot of people money, whether you were gambling on the game, mm-hmm. whether you were playing DFS, whether you were playing fantasy, I had Kelly Oubre on the bench. I started Derek White who has hit like one of his last 16 shots in his last two games. So that was kind of painful. Luckily I'm I'm winning that matchup, but uh, is Kelly Oubre ever going to do stuff like this on a consistent basis or is he just a headache? I think he's in the middle, to be honest with you. And and what will determine which way that scale slides is how he's used. Like early in the season, I thought he really struggled filling in for Terry Rozier as a starter because of the number of high usage guys that he was on the court with, he didn't really have as many opportunities to kind of do his own thing with that system. So he got a little too uh, hectic, I guess you would say, when he had those chances. But coming off the bench, overall, he's been better off the bench for that team. So I think if if they can keep him on the bench in that six-man role, that would really do wonders for him fantasy-wise, because I, I really don't like the fit of Kelly Oubre as a starter in that lineup. When you talk about LaMelo Ball, and Gordon Hayward. So, yeah, keep him on the bench. If Charlotte can do that, then I really think he can be a, a consistent, like, 17, 18-point-per-game score. You would think him coming off the bench in Charlotte, if he, you know, takes good shots and plays yeah. the right way, I mean, he could be a six-man-of-the-year contender, I, I would mm-hmm. think. Agreed. So, all right, next big hit. Finally, it finally happened, Ralph. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, NAW. Yes. Hit 10 and 22 shots. He did not hit seven three-pointers, but he had four of them. Nine of 11 free throws, 33 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, two steals, a block. He's currently returning ninth round value after that game, but that's not bad considering how bad he's uh, shooting the ball this year. Yeah, he's been absolutely brutal overall with the percentages. I don't even think he's shooting 40% from the field right now, and that's counting last night's performance. He's on a team that's bad, team that has a lot of young pieces, including himself. So he's one of those players where I think if you have him rostered, you kind of deal with the roller coaster early in the season. Because at this rate, we still don't know when Zion's coming back. You know, Brandon Ingram seems to be questionable and ruled out just about for every game at this point. I mean, at some point, they're just going to have to hand the keys over to those young guys and let them play and figure it out. And that's when I think he can really flourish fantasy-wise. But, yeah, you do worry about the percentages, especially if, if he's one of the guys that you're counting on to be a main producer for your roster every week. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Ingram and Zion. They also have Jonas Valanciunas, yeah. who's playing at an incredibly high level. Mm-hmm. But that team 
has won one game this season. And you have to wonder, I mean, are they even in a mess with Zion this year at all? Is I don't know, but I I could see Brandon Ingram getting shut down at some point. I could see yeah. Valanciunas getting shut down at some point. The nice thing about NAW is he's so young mm-hmm. um, that he should be out there all year. Like, yeah. he's the guy we shouldn't have to worry about. And also, I'm not worried about his early slump because at the end of last season, he went on a 13-game tear and looked great. So, yeah. he's streaky. Let's move on to somebody else who's been really hot, Will Barton. For the depleted Denver Nuggets, 11 and 19 shots, six three-pointers, 30 points, six boards, three assists, two steals. He's been on a four-game tear. He's returning third-round fantasy value right now. Is Barton somebody you believe in for the whole season, or is he going off because MPJ is out, Jamal Murray's not there, uh, Nikola Jokic Jokic wasn't there last night? Mm What do you think? I, I believe in him uh, because, you know, last year you think about all the extenuating circumstances and also him trying to figure out a role. Like they didn't know who was going to start at that forward spot going into last season. It ended up being Michael Porter Jr., obviously. And I think Will Barton suffered because they really didn't have that routine to kind of figure out the rotation, the competition and all that. Now he's more secure in his role. He's back in the starting lineup. Yeah, I really believe in Will Barton. And for the DFS players out there, if you didn't slot him into your lineups last night, I hope you lost because that was a really bad decision. Like that was one of the easiest plays I think was on anyone's board, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I really believe in Will Barton. I think he's only going to get better as the season progresses. Nice. Lou Dort currently returning 14 Brown fantasy value. Got loose last night for a season high, 27 points, five boards, two assists, had two three-pointers. Shot it well from both the field and the line. He's starting to come on a little bit. He's starting to play a little bit better for the Thunder. He feels like, to me, kind of like a, a guy you you got to think about grabbing in case this is the start of a hot streak. I need to see more. If this costs me him in some leagues, that's fine because the overall track record I don't think is particularly good in terms of the efficiency. Then – You know, we talked about New Orleans possibly shutting guys down. The thing about Oklahoma City, they shut down young guys last year. And there were some injuries like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, but it's like these are guys you need to play and you're still shutting them down in the name of like draft lottery odds. So that's a bit concerning for me down the line. As for right now, yeah, I'm not on the Lou Dort bandwagon. He had a very good game last night. But like I said, I need to see a bit more from him before I buy into him as a fantasy option. Yeah, I'd like to see it again. If they play four games next week, I haven't checked the schedule yeah. yet. If they play four games next week and I've got a couple two-game guys and one of them's droppable, I would consider rolling Dort for four games. But like you said, I mean, I would like to see it happen again before I've, I fully get excited about Lou Dort. I would not say my excitement level for Lou Dort is very high, but I am very intrigued after last night's game. And like I said, he's been playing better the last few games. Mm-hmm. So hopefully – that's the start of something good. Um, and a scheduling note, they do have four games next week, including a back-to-back at Milwaukee and at Boston on Friday and Saturday. So Okay. So Ludor, four-game week. I'm sure there's probably a couple teams to play two games next week. So, And back to Will Barton, I forgot to tell you this. I think <laughs> I, I feel like he's kind of like peaked. Like this might be the time to think about moving Will Barton. I mean, he's on a – his last four games have been – possibly the best four game stretch of his career. So I agree with you. I, I like his role in Denver. I like mm-hmm. the fact that 
so many of their guys are missing, especially MPJ. That opens the door for Barton to go crazy. But I also think MPJ is not going to be out forever. And, you know, I'm not sure Will Barton's trade value is going to be higher than it is right now. So moving on to the Orlando Magic, one of the guys who plays one game the rest of this week, Franz Wagner, at 10.7 boards, six steals. He's returning seventh round fantasy value this year. To me, that's one of the best stories of the year so far. Yeah. I really didn't see it coming. I, I only mention here because of the six steals. Man, he's having a fun year. And just because he only plays one game the rest of the week, I don't think I would recommend dropping him because you would probably live to regret that. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been a very good rookie thus far. I know we talk a bit more about guys like Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes when you're discussing the top rookies, but Wagner hasn't been far behind. He does a little bit of everything. I, I think I compared him to Mikhail Bridges a couple of weeks ago on here in terms of what he can bring to the table fantasy-wise. And you look at Orlando, we're still waiting on Jonathan Isaac. So, you know, when he comes back, who knows what's going to happen with the rotation, but I don't think they're going to be able to take Franz off the court just because of everything that he brings. He's not elite at one thing, but he's very good at a lot of things. And that can be really good for your fantasy roster as well as an actual NBA team. So he's off to a great start. I've really bought into what he's done so far. Yeah. Jonathan Isaac, man. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if I feel like we've been saying, yeah, when Jonathan Isaac gets back like Mm -hmm. that, that's what we say. That's what we've been saying for three years. And I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I I hope he gets back and I hope he balls out because the skill set is there. He's Mm -hmm. got the potential to be such a fantasy monster, but it's been a pretty much a disaster for John Isaac ever since he came in the league. All right. Moving on to Milwaukee, Pat Connaughton hit eight to 14 shots, seven, three pointers last night, 23 points, nine boards, five assists. Uh, Grayson Allen had 15 points, five boards, a block, and five three-pointers. Connaughton's sitting out there with 10th round value right now. And we know that Dante DiVincenzo is still not very close to returning. First of all, if you had to pick between Connaughton and Grayson Allen, which one would you pick up? And secondly, are you buying Pat Connaughton and seven three-pointers last night? I'm taking Grayson Allen. He's going to be a little bit tougher to pick up. I think Yahoo percentage 61% rostered there compared to 22 for Connaughton. So it's going to be more difficult to get Allen. But my reason for saying that is once Chris Middleton comes back, Grayson Allen is still going to be a starter. Like he may not have as much time on the ball to make plays, but you're talking about a guy who's a really good catch and shoot player who can finish those plays. So I think that's where you're going to get his value. Connaughton, as good as he looked last night, I don't believe in him being like a three or four three-pointers per game type of guy throughout the course of the season. So I'd go with Grayson personally. Yeah, I would too. But like you said, Connaughton's available and Grayson's not. So, mm-hmm. And Connaughton's going to take a hit when Chris Middleton comes back. Yeah. There is a chance that uh, Giannis injured his ankle. Well, he injured his mm-hmm. ankle on Wednesday. There's a chance he sits out the next game. That happens, and I'm firing Connaughton up uh, oh, yeah, everywhere. Sure. Everywhere. Dylan Brooks made his season debut last night. He currently sits as the ninth overall player in Basketball Monsters <laughs> rankings after his one game of 20 points, four boards, six assists, two steals, four three-pointers. Played 26 minutes right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty cool. 
I'm more worried about who Dylan Brooks is going to ruin in Memphis than I am going out and picking him up right now. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and shout out to Dylan Brooks. Like you see guys come back from injuries. They tend to, you know, not really want to step on toes, want to kind of not really dive all the way into the water, so to speak. My man came out firing last night, you know, so he, <laughs> so he wasn't wasting any time. And I think when you bring up the point about who he could hurt in Memphis, Desmond Bain didn't play very well last night, and he only played 21 minutes. So if we're looking at either him or DeAnthony Melton, I think Bain is the one where people would – I don't know if you want to jump off the ship right now, but you really want to consider some contingency plans because I think he's going to be the one that takes the hit fantasy once Brooks is put back in the starting lineup. Yeah, I hope it's Bain and not DeAnthony Melton. I think yeah. I think DeAnthony Melton is safe. I think mm-hmm. Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, could lose a few minutes in that six-man role when Brooks uh, starts. Yeah. But, man, I-, I tell you what, Brooks catches a lot of heat in the fantasy community because of his poor shot selection, mm-hmm. poor shooting, and inconsistency and, and kind of empty stat lines with a lot yeah. of points. But I always – kind of like that. I kind of like Dylan Brooks. Like he Dylan Brooks and and Darius Baisley. I mean, you guys have a have a spot on my team any day. Uh <laughs> but no, it was cool to see Brooks come out and play that well. He played yeah. he played very well. And uh you know, if you're in a deeper league and your waiver wire is kind of bare and he did that and you were able to grab him, I think that that was a good move. So Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let's talk about Frank the Tank and some big men real quick. Frank Kaminsky. Well, before I even tell you what he did last night, I was shocked to learn that he's a fifth-round fantasy value right now. Yeah. Did not see that coming because all he is is some points, some boards, occasional blocks, some threes. And I, I guess he just doesn't do anything poorly is, mm-hmm. is why his his ranking is so high. But anyway, Frank the Tank hit 12 of 18 shots, two three-pointers, and had 31.7 boards, three assists, and a block on Wednesday night. So that was probably the eye-opening stat line of, of Wednesday, I think. And, you know, DeAndre Ayton wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time trusting Frank Kaminsky. He looked like Wisconsin Frank Kaminsky. That's what I'll say there. Um, I wrote in a Daily Dose, I don't know if this is like a celebration of Frank 
or an indictment of Portland's defense because there's no way that that man should have gone off like that last night. Much respect to him for doing it, but that was incredible. And I think if if Kaminsky's available, you might as well grab him just because we don't know for sure when Aiton's going to come back. And Kaminsky is so different from JaVale McGee that he's going to have a role in that rotation in terms of giving him some instant offense off the bench. So, yeah, you grab him right now, but as soon as Aiton comes back, you may give it a game to see what happens. But after that, I think Kaminsky's just going to be right back on the waiver wire. That's what I think, too. I mean, it's sort of like it's sort of like cryptocurrency, right? If you were yeah. one of the one of the kids that got in there and put all their money in the day before it blew up, then you win. If you had Frank mm-hmm. Kaminsky in your lineup last night, you win. Going out and picking him up right now and hoping yeah. that he does anything <laughs> similar to this again this season, mm-hmm. and you're just you're just throwing money away because we saw Frank Kaminsky's best game of the season last night. I will yeah. bet. I'll bet my house on that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually not going to do that, but I would. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of I I don't know. The fact he's returning fifth round value leads me to believe that. If he's sitting out there, I would think I'm going to give him a look and, and think yeah. about picking him up if I've got somebody I want to drop. Mm-hmm. But also, if Frank Kaminsky's sitting out there in your league, there's probably other good free agents sitting out there too. And yeah. some of the other ones you can find are going to have some upside. And Frank, I don't think a lot of people use the word upside when they talk about Frank Kaminsky. So <laughs> anyway, props to him, man. Great game. Portland, Portland looks messy. I don't even know what's going on there. Uh, let's talk about another big man that I was shocked to see ranked at number 20 overall this season, the backup center for your Washington wizards, Montrez Harrell went off again last night, eight of 12 shooting eight of eight free throws, 24 points, 11 boards, two steals, you know, Daniel Gafford starts for that team, but Montrez Harrell is the guy with fantasy value. And I think there's a lot of disappointed Gafford fans out there this season. And I think there's people that were able to pick, Harrell up either late in their draft or maybe even off the waiver wire late who are just dancing right now. Yeah, I think he's one of the biggest surprises in fantasy basketball thus far, just because of everything he's managed to do. You mentioned him being a top 20 player. I'm not even worried about what happens when Thomas Bryant ultimately gets cleared. Uh, Same with Rui Hachimura. Like, we don't know when those guys will be coming back, but Montrez has been so good and been such a good fit for that team that there's no way you can get him below like 28 minutes per game. Like he's going to have to play. He's going to score. He's going to rebound. He can get you some blocks. He can get you the, the random assist or two as well. And he's, he does it at a high percentage. So yeah, he's been outstanding and he's not one of those players I'd look to, to sell high on either. I'd hold on to him. Yeah, I agree. The role that he has with the wizards is so much, it's just such a better place than he was, yeah. was in situationally last year. And they're using him the way he needs to be used, mm-hmm. and he's just killing it. So, I'm on. I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think I don't think Carroll's going to fall off anytime soon. Another big man who I think is surprising to some people. I'm I'm loving it because I, I grabbed him in a lot of places. Miles Turner didn't blow the scoreboard up last night. 13 points and eight boards, but man, six blocks, two three pointers. Seems like he's doing that almost every night. 18th overall, and I, I just I. I love the fact that he stands out there and bombs threes Mm -hmm. and he blocks so many shots on the interior and nobody talks about him. It's all Demonis Sabonis and, you know, Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert. No, nobody talks about Miles Turner and he's having a great year, man. Yeah. 
It's weird because Turner was ranked high in fantasy last year too, but I think maybe it was because of the injury that kept him out for a while. But like a lot of people seem to be like out of sight, out of mind with him. And he's been a very productive option for the last couple of years. Like, you know, I've said in the past, I have questions about the fit between he and Sabonis. I still do in terms of that team being a potential title contender down the line, but fantasy wise, those guys are both great assets. So if you have them on your roster, much respect to you. That, that's a great pull. Well, and Miles Turner isn't on Sports Center. Yeah, you don't see him on TV. He scored 13 points and had eight rebounds last mm-hmm. night. So you know that the average NBA fan is like, oh, whatever. But man, you, you dig in and see the six blocks and the two threes and and how often that happens. And it is that's that's where all his value is tied yeah. to his blocks and threes. You take those out, and he's useless <laughs> um lamarcus aldridge roth is this really happening here are we talking about lamarcus aldridge nine of 16 shooting three three-pointers 21 points eight boards a block he's sitting on ninth round fantasy value this season he is to big men as chris paul is to little men as far as the mid-range game goes they're mm-hmm. the mid-range old men that still shoot 15 footers and he knocks him down, man. And he got off to a really slow start after, you know, he missed a lot of time last year. We thought his yeah. career was over. He came mm-hmm. back. He looks great. And how long is that going to last? That's a good question. And I think he's going to have some staying power just because of the way in which he plays the game. You know, he's not an explosive athlete. He's not trying to jump over people, run through them or what have you. He just kind of takes his time, plays at his own pace and make, takes great advantage of the mid-range game. I think he's got some staying power. Like, will he be like a top 50 player? I don't think he'll be that, but he's going to, I think the value that he brings will be incredibly valuable for teams in terms of power forward slash centers. I, I believe he's got eligibility at both spots in Yahoo. So yeah, I, I think he's been a big time addition for the Nets to get him back. And even when, I think if anything, if you have Nicholas Claxton or Blake Griffin, you're a bit concerned. Just because those guys are, I think Claxton's going to take a hit whenever he's cleared to come back because you can't really take Aldridge off the floor. Yeah. And Blake Griffin, how long are his knees going to allow him yeah. to stay out on the court? Like, like he could be gone tomorrow. I don't want that to happen. But I mean, mm-hmm. I don't trust Blake Griffin at all. Whereas Aldridge, it feels like he's going to be out there. And I, I really didn't, I really was not excited about Lamarcus Aldridge at all this year. I thought he was going to be an afterthought. And I picked him up because I, I needed a, a warm body like mm-hmm. 10 days ago. And I was like, okay, I'll pick him up, play him tonight. And I'm going to drop him tomorrow and pick somebody else up. He's still on my team. Like he's, yeah. he's played his way onto the squad and the nets don't really need to worry about a youth movement right now. And mm-hmm. I, I love Nick Claxton, but I'm, I'm a little worried about him too. Cause I think they would rather play him 15 to 20 minutes a game yeah. instead of trying to throw him out there for 30, like a, you know, he's lost, doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So very interesting. Lamarcus Aldridge. My guy, Ricky Rubio, who I had no faith in last night, took him out of my DFS lineups. <laughs> Probably wrong to do that. He ended up with 20 points, five boards, five assists, two steals, and a three-pointer. The game before that, Roth, he went off for 37 points and a big fat stat line. Colin Sexton's out indefinitely. They brought Ricky off the bench last night, started Ikecoro, mm-hmm. uh, which I was not too thrilled about. But Ricky Rubio is playing as well right now as he ever has in his NBA career, I think. 
Oh, yeah, agreed. And, but I actually think that keeping him on the bench is better for Cleveland just because that second unit is really lacking consistent scoring options. You know, Kevin Love is out health and safety protocols. Larry Markin, who's a starter, he's out as well. So they really don't have much on that second unit, and they can pretty much just cut Ricky loose, let him make plays for his teammates or score himself, as we've seen these last few games. So, yeah, I- I'm all in on Ricky Rubio. I didn't think we'd be saying this, but Olympic Rubio seems to have carried over from Tokyo. So it's been fun to watch, except for that Sunday night game against the Knicks. Yeah. Well, and it took the <laughs> it took the um I think it took the injury to Colin Sexton to yeah. kind of push him over the top. Mm-hmm. But even before Sexton went down, Rubio was playing pretty well and yeah. had a decent role with this team. I know we were split, the NBC Sports Edge crew was split on uh whether it was gonna be Rubio getting playing time or Rubio just kind of sitting on the bench this year. Mm-hmm. I think those of us who had play is uh actually were correct so props to rubio the other thing i love about ricky rubio right now is he generally does not start playing until like after christmas or after the all-star break he's a second half guy Mm -hmm. and if he's balling out this hard in the first half that's a good sign for the second half because usually it's about now when he's really not doing anything and guys are dropping him uh, historically so cade cunningham Rookie for Detroit, hit eight of 18 shots and four three-pointers. Scored a career-high 20 points, four boards, three assists, two steals, a block. He's returning like 21st-round value right now, Ralph. It's been a rough start for him with the ankle injury, mysterious ankle injury, that is. Mm -hmm. But he's working his way back in. He's a kid. He's going to get better with time. If you drafted him, how are you feeling right now? Are you like, this is the game I've been waiting for? Are you still nervous he's going to like sit out the next one? Where, Where are you at? I'm feeling good, to be honest with you. I think he's shot like 7 of 15 from three over the last two games, and that was after that lengthy streak where he missed like his first 15 three-pointers. Now, this is a guy who was a 40% three-point shooter in college. You had a feeling that it was going to come around at some point, and now it feels like it is coming around. So even though he's, he's ranked pretty low on Basketball Monster, that's got more to do with his start you know, and shaking off the rust than it does right now. So... I think he will ultimately be one of the top-ranked fantasy rookies once the season ends, to be honest with you. I I really think he's going to take off here. Do you think Mobley is the rookie of the year right now? Yeah, I I definitely go Evan Mobley just because of everything he brings to the table and how well he's played thus far. Even though he's in foul trouble last night, he still had a good game overall. So, yeah, Evan Mobley would – I know we're a month into the season, but, yeah. I'd go Mobley, Scotty Barnes would probably be my top two right now in terms of rookies. You know, what's funny is I was going to say the exact same thing. I'm sitting here. I've got Evan Mobley locked into my DFS lineups. Mm -hmm. And immediately the the tweet comes out after like two minutes, he's picked up two fouls already. And they're like, Evan Mobley's in foul trouble. It's going to (laughs) be a long night. I was like, oh, no. Uh, But he bounced back from that and, and kept his hands to himself the second half and played really well. So props to Evan Mobley. A couple more guys to talk about. And we'll get out of here. Emmanuel quickly of your New York Knicks. Season high, 18 points, five boards, four assists, two three-pointers. He's hit seven threes over his last three games. Uh, He scored in double figures in three straight games. He's returning like 19th round fantasy value. That's because Thibodeau didn't play him Mm -hmm. the first 10 days of the season. Is quickly happening before our eyes, or is this a mirage just like last year? 
I don't know. I, I think it's a mirage, if only because I think Tibbs is going to have a little bit more trust in his starters than he probably should have, given how a few of them have played recently. Kemba Walker has really struggled. I, I don't really think we expected him to be this, I'd say, mediocre thus far. Uh, but Derrick Rose has been outstanding, so he would be first in line to get like the uptick in minutes if they were to make a change to that rotation. I thought quickly has given him some really good en- energy recently, but I don't know if I can trust him as a fantasy option right now. I'd need to le- see a little bit more from him. Okay. I think just given how well things have gone over the last three games for him, I think I would give him a shot. And we talked mm-hmm. about it. The Knicks only have one game the remaining part of this week. So I don't think right now is when you want to pick up yeah. quickly in a weekly league, but for next week, if the Knicks play four times and I've got guys to cut, Rob's going to look at that for me. I'm thinking about picking up quickly. We'll see what happens in his, in his fourth game this week. They actually have three games next week. Three next week. All right. Yes. So probably not the ideal time to grab quickly, but he is heating up. So keep an eye on him. But I will guys. say this, that two of those games are against Orlando and Houston. So, you know, those could be decent opportunities to get him some scoring. Yeah, anybody who's playing Houston, if you've got scrubs playing Houston, uh, they're <laughs> going to get some run. Yeah. And and same goes with the Pelicans. TJ McConnell, 8 of 11 shooting, 16 points, 3 boards, 9 assists. Ironically, Rafi he had 0 steals. Mm-hmm. He was a steals monster last year. McConnell got off to a really, really slow start, but he scored 16, 18, and 19 points in his last three games. Malcolm Brogdon had a great game. He's 25 yeah. Uh, five assists, three steals, two blocks, three threes. With Brogdon in there and McConnell playing that well, do you think McConnell is going to start coming on at all? I think it depends on what our definition of coming on is. Like <laughs> Last year, he was like a top 75 player, and it was absolutely stunning to watch. I don't think he's going to reach that level, but I don't see why he can't threaten, say, like top 100, you know, just because of the role that they have him playing. He's not going to fall out of the rotation because they really don't have any other true point guards on that roster. So, yeah, I, I think McConnell's a guy that should be rostered in most leagues. But again, if you're expecting value similar to last year, I think he'll be a bit disappointed. But he won't be a, a terrible player by any stretch. Yeah, I'm not going to run out there and, and go looking for McConnell unless Brogdon gets hurt. And we know mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before Brogdon gets hurt. He's already been hurt twice this year. He's yeah. always hurt. That's why you hang on to TJ McConnell right now when he's like 125 overall. So mm-hmm. uh, last guy. Well, first of all, props to Lonzo. Actually, I'll save that for my shout out. Uh, Alex Caruso hit six to seven shots and three three-pointers for 16 points and six steals. Really, all he's given us this year is steals and assists, but he's not bad anywhere. Mm-hmm. And Caruso is like a sixth-round player. So no flat, but he's just solid. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I don't know like how high he's going to finishing, but being a top 100 player right now, that's more than I expected out of him. I knew he'd be an asset to that rotation, but to play as well, to be as productive as he's been, that, that's a bit of a surprise. And, you know, if you have him rostered, you might as well just stay on the bandwagon for as long as possible. Yeah. And that's the, the thing. Like you look at his stats and you're like, I don't really understand this, but he, he doesn't turn the ball over. His percentages are good. They were great last night. And he plays a big role. He plays a lot of defense on that team, and he's yeah. stealing the crap out of the ball. And when you 
when you rack up steals and assists and fantasy, and those are the only two things he's really good at and threes, you're going to have a good rating. So Crusoe's worth, worth keeping around. All right, Roth, you got any, any uh, final thoughts or comments on any of this? No, um, shout out to Brandon Jennings. Mentioned him earlier in the show, but yeah, Bucks and six. So shout out to Brandon Jennings. There you go. Dude, that was funny. You mentioned Brandon Jennings and LeBron James. You said, man, he's in good company. And I was like, <laughs> well, he's in some good company. There's some good company. There. Nah, Brandon Jennings. Props. Yeah. Uh, Lonzo Ball, my guy, broke out last night, 21-6-6, seven triples. Fourth round talent right now. I love those teams where I got Lonzo and LaMelo on the mm. same team. That's Jeez. just entertainment for me. So For sure. All right, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll do this again next Thursday. Thanks, y'all, for checking it out. And uh, we'll see you next time, Rob. All right. Take care. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.